0: Hi, I'm Rod Anderson. Last week, you'll remember we began dealing with a very important, even critical study into one of the most dangerous deceptions to enter Christianity in recent years, and that being the specious belief that the temple in Jerusalem will be rebuilt, the Jews will convert the world. Further to that was the belief That which declares the 144,000 of Revelation chapter 7, underscore the reality of that teaching. But a considered study of the New Testament and the book of Revelation dispelled that error for us last week. I don't have time to review everything discussed, but just to serve as a refresher, the Apostle Paul identifies Christians as spiritual Israel in the following terms. For ye are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise if we are christ meaning if we've accepted jesus christ as our lord and savior despite the jewish rejection of him then we are abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise in other words because of our relationship with jesus christ we are spiritual jews and spiritual descendants of abraham Last week, as we studied the 12 tribes of Revelation chapter 7, it was quite obvious that the names were different when compared to the original 12 tribes of Israel in Genesis chapter 9. Additionally, Revelation chapter 7 cannot be talking about literal tribes because not even the Israelites today can tell you what tribe they are from. That has been lost and confused and confused through pogroms, dispersions, world wars, resettlement, and time. In fact, a study of the meaning of the 12 names listed in Revelation chapter 7, the discipline is called etymology, you come up with something quite extraordinary. For example, Judah means I will praise the Lord. Reuben means he has looked on me. Gad means given good Fortune. Asher means happy am I. Naphtali means my wrestling. Manasseh means making me to forget. Simeon means God hears me. Levi means join to me. Issachar means purchase me. Zebulon means dwelling Joseph means will add to me and Benjamin means son of his right hand now here is the amazing part look what happens when you line up the meaning of the names according to the order in Revelation chapter 7 as we did last week it forms a remarkable statement declaring that God promises to do for his elect or what God promises to do for his elect in the last days now I've underlined my added words to make it a little bit more idiomatic I will praise the Lord for he has looked on me and granted good fortune. I am happy because my wrestling, God is making me to forget. God hears me and is joined to me. He has purchased me a dwelling and will add to me the son of his right hand. These names presented in the order from Revelation chapter 7, describe a brief story summarising the church's struggle and victory in Jesus Christ. It seems evident that this is a special message of encouragement for those who are faithful to Christ in the last days during the struggles that we know are going to come. Furthermore, comparing the temperament profiles of each of the 12 tribes reinforces the same truth, that this list is made up of more than just literal tribes. When a person completes a temperament profile, they will find they fall largely into or broadly into one of four groups. You may be familiar with the names. Choleric is defined as a person who is a doer, a leader. A sanguine person is a person who is generally optimistic, even-tempered, confident, rational, popular, and fun-loving. Melancholy is a person who is thoughtful, considerate, and highly creative. Phlegmatic is a person who is calm and unemotional. They are very consistent, relaxed, and observant. But it interests me that specialists in this field identified Simeon, Levi, and Judah as choleric, Natali, Joseph, and Reuben as sanguine, Zebulun, Issachar, and Gad as phlegmatic, and Benjamin, Asher, and um, Manasseh as melancholy. Specialists in this field also recognize there are 12 combinations of the four temperament types, the stronger being identified first, such as choleric-sanguine, melancholy-choleric, sanguine-phlegmatic, phlegmatic-melancholy, melancholy-sanguine, choleric-phlegmatic, and the inverse of these is true. The upshot of all this is the 12 tribes simply identify 12 temperament types of people that will be alive and saved at Christ's second coming. To put it another way, the 144,000 are people from every nation, kindred, tongue and people who will be alive and saved when Christ returns, as the Apostle Paul says or describes in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. Remember, they're not the sum total of all who will be saved because the Bible teaches that the righteous dead are also resurrected at the time of Christ's return as in Matthew chapter 24 29 to 31 and 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 16 and 17 just to name a couple of passages but the dispensationalist error espouses a belief that the temple in Jerusalem is to be rebuilt and the Jewish nation of Israel is to take the gospel to the world but this is at odds with the clear teaching of Scripture. People are being taught to look to the Jews, to pray for Israel. They're being indoctrinated with the hope in the building of the Jerusalem temple. But none of these things will ever happen. Jesus taught that the temple of the Jews had been left desolate of the presence of God because of their rejection of him in Matthew chapter 23, verses 37 to 49. The Jews had lost the status of God's most favoured nation after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is clear from the work that God assigned the apostles, particularly the apostle Paul and the apostle Peter, and the prophecy of Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 to 27, which we've referred to and read in past presentations. Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. His crucifixion marked the end of Jerusalem's temple significance. The Old Testament sacrificial system all pointed to him. The rending of the holy place curtain recorded in Matthew chapter 27 verse 51 demonstrated the end for the need of the old testament sacrificial system as prophesied in daniel chapter 9 24 to 27 550 years before the time of christ because jesus christ is the lamb of god who takes the sins upon himself the fate of the Jewish nation was finalized with the destruction of Jerusalem temple in 70 AD by the Romans as I said earlier this dispensationalist nonsense is teaching people to look to a geographical location in the Middle East for salvation look for the rebuilding of an earthly temple and the ratification of a high priest from among the Jews but Jesus taught us this when we see these things to come to pass then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth No, Jesus didn't say look down or look to Palestine. Jesus said look up. Why up? Because the Bible teaches that we are to look toward the heavenly Jerusalem from whence our salvation comes. The book of Hebrews makes a contrast between the earthly and the heavenly. It speaks of a heavenly temple. It identifies Jesus Christ as our great high priest. It is so simple that even a child can understand it. I want you to notice what Hebrews chapter 8 verses 8 uh, chapter 8 verses 1 and 2 actually says now the things which we have spoken this is the sum we have such a high priest who was set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heavens a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the lord pitched and not man the word sanctuary or tabernacle is synonymous with temple. Jesus Christ became our high priest when he ascended to heaven. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 24 and 28 makes it even clearer. For Christ is not entered into holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation you see it's just as plain and simple as that Jesus is now our high priest the temple we are to look to is the heavenly and the new jerusalem or the heavenly temple in the new jerusalem as it says in revelation chapter 21 but you don't have to be confused about what the Bible teaches. And if you desire to improve your biblical knowledge, I have a free series of Bible reading guides called The Orchard Faith of Jesus Studies, which will enhance your understanding of the Bible and its main teachings in a very short time. These 25 reading guides are easy to use and will be a great blessing to you. And all you have to do to receive them is send me an email with your name, postal address and phone number two, info at theorchardmelbourne.org.au or go to our website, theorchardmelbourne.org.au, go to the tab mark, contact us and follow the prompts and we will mail the study guides to you wherever you are. Well, I look forward to being with you next time. Remember, the truth has nothing to fear from investigation. I'm Rod Anderson. Goodbye for now. You have been listening to Unchained. We look forward to your company here next time on 3ABN Australia Radio as we continue this series with Pastor Rod Anderson.
1: Last night I lay asleep in, there came a dream so fair. I stood in old Jerusalem, beside the temple there. I heard the children singing, and ever as they sang, Methought the voice of angels, from heaven in answer. sing Hosanna In the highest. To your king. And Once again the scene was changed, new earth there seemed to be. I saw the holy city beside the tideless sea. The light of God was on its streets, the gates were open wide, and all who would might enter.
0: That powerful rendition of The Holy City was brought to us by Jonathan Antoine.